Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. Whenever we think of the word judgment, we typically think of destruction and damnation. It's not usually something we want for ourselves, but sometimes we wish it on other people who we feel have offended us. I can't count the number of times I've heard someone say, God will judge you or God punish you. However, looking at the dictionary definition of the word judgment, there are several definitions I encountered. In all the definitions I found, two words seem to repeatedly stand out. Those two words are conclusion and assessment. So a judgment is a conclusion reached after an assessment. For one to arrive at a judgment, an assessment must have been carried out. It's not supposed to be based on feelings. Therefore, the feelings of the judge or whoever called for the judgment notwithstanding, the conclusion reached by the judge must be based on facts coming out of an assessment. This also means that a judgment can have a positive or negative conclusion. People are not only punished following judgment, they can also be exonerated or even rewarded. As it happens sometimes in cases brought before a court of law, a plaintiff can sometimes be asked to pay the defendant damages after the assessment. So judgment is not exclusively negative but also positive because judgments usually also has beneficiaries. In our Christian faith, it is advised that we do not judge or call for it. A lot of people tend to misunderstand this instruction, believing that judgment is the right of every individual, and it is. As a matter of fact, we make judgment calls all the time in the course of our daily lives. We judge on our food, our clothes, our environment. We have to make these assessments and come to conclusions many times for the day. In fact, this is how we manage to survive. However, these judgments I spoke of are things that have to do with ourselves. They are intrinsic judgments. When it has to do with the life of another person, it's advised that one should not be hasty or even attempt to judge. Isn't it funny that people are usually slow to judge themselves but eager to judge others? This should be the other way around. We should be swift to judge ourselves and reserve judgment on others. This instruction by Christ is not a commandment but merely an advisory for our own good. Christ is not trying to take away our rights to make personal assessment, but merely trying to protect us from unforeseen consequences. Many things that Christ said are advisory, 
but a wise person will heed those words and walk in them. Christ said that those who take his words and practice them are compared to a house built upon a rock. They can never be moved by storms of life. Our faith is not based on laws and commandments, but on love. As we have previously said many times in these podcasts, Christ is the end of the law, and we have just one law in Christianity, which is to love the brethren. Every other thing said are merely advisory for our own well-being. We will try in this episode to look at reasons why rushing to personal judgment is not good for us and can also be potentially dangerous. Like I said during the introduction, many are quick to invoke divine judgment whenever they feel aggrieved. But these invocations of divine judgment are mostly done in error, since judgment is like a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Anyone who calls for it better approach it without guilt themselves. This actually reminds me of that incident involving the woman caught in adultery, her accusers, and Christ. When the Lord inquired if any of the accusers is without sin, not one of them could stand. Whenever a person brings a matter for divine judgment, the plaintiffs must themselves be in right standing or else they might also be consumed by that same judgment they desired for another person. This is the first reason why Christ advised against judgment of others. But rather, Christ promoted forgiveness. Now we don't forgive for the sake of the offender but for our own sake because forgiveness frees your soul but judgment puts it at risk. In Matthew 7, 1 and 2, Christ said, Judge not so that you will not be judged. For with the judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with the measure you do it, it shall be measured to you again. This doesn't require much explanation since it is explicit enough. Anyone who invokes judgment will face that judgment themselves. So to avoid judgment, don't judge. Another reason why it's not wise for a human being to rush to judgment is because of our limited knowledge about the past, the present, and the future. The average human being is only aware of things going on within their view and their hearing. We don't even know the things happening just behind us. This makes us unqualified to reach conclusions. This is why in society there are constituted authorities saddled with the responsibility to investigate, make assessments before passing judgment. Even with all that, many times they still get it wrong. Talk less of an individual with the limited resources of a human being. I'm speaking of judgment within the human sphere, but when it now comes to divine judgment, it's on another level completely. God doesn't live in time, but lives in eternity, which means the past, the present, and future are one and the same to God. So making an assessment, God's judgment will capture things past, things present, and things future. Therefore, As human beings, we cannot possibly 
know how far it will go. We are only considering how we feel now as persons, but God takes into account all things past, present, and future. So let's be careful how we call God into any matter. There are also instances in life when one is required to make and execute judgments as part of one's duty. For example, if a person is a leader, in such cases a person must from time to time make and execute judgments. It's so important for persons in such positions to understand that there is righteous and unrighteous judgment and also that there are consequences for passing unrighteous judgments, even for constituted authority. It may be a person's responsibility to make and execute judgment. There are standards to how it must be done. Understanding that even the judge will also be judged with a higher standard, let's not be in a hurry to become judges. Therefore, in proceeding to pass and execute judgment on an accused, the judgment must be done in love and must be based on incontrovertible proof of guilt of the accused before judgment can be passed. Once there is no sufficient evidence, judgment must not be executed. It is better, as they say, to let a thousand guilty people go free than to punish one innocent man. Any judge who abuses that responsibility will equally face judgment. Even in our Christian community, it sometimes becomes necessary for constituted authority to pass and execute judgment for the common good. However, this judgment must not be with malice at heart, but for the good of all, especially the offender. I believe the primary duty of the leader is to encourage the offended to forgive but also to take steps to bring balance between the offended and the offender. The general aim must be to reform the offender, not to discourage or harm them. Recognizing that the offender is also God's property regardless, and God values man more than any law. However, a holier-than-thou attitude must always be avoided, knowing that no one of us stands perfect on our own. Now, in conclusion, I can honestly say that it is better for a person to forgive than to seek judgment. The satisfaction we seek through the punishment of an offender is vanity. Why do I say so? Let's ask ourselves what exactly we gain in seeing the pain and sorrow of another person. It merely feeds the evil desire in us and does not make our own life any better. We mostly see the lust of the flesh in terms of sexual desires, but the desire to see the pain of others is also lust. Anything that can only be appeased by the suffering of another is evil. As much as there is a justification to seek justice as human beings when we feel hurt by others, the wish for that same evil on even our enemy is also evil. Like they say, two wrongs don't make a right. 
If we are wrong, let us not allow evil desires grow in our minds. But let's deal with it. Rather than seek punishment for your neighbor, why don't you rather forgive your offender and use the same energy to seek divine compensation? At least, this will give you some tangible benefits. All this is when you have been directly wronged, not to talk of when an issue doesn't even concern you. Many go into judgment on happenings in the lives of others which has nothing to do with them. This is foolishness in my view and a waste of time and emotional energy. When you have made a judgment, the question is, do you have the authority to execute judgment? Making judgment without executing judgment is entertainment. Let's learn to reserve judgment on any matter for the one who is not only qualified to make judgment but to execute it, whether it concerns us or other people. But if we are authorized to execute judgment, then it must be righteous judgment. May God grant us wisdom in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And God bless you. Hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless.